Welcome to the team podcast. This podcast is for you, our teams. We want to share stuff that we're learning and growing through that will help you serve God and others. I'm Ron Hudson, the lead pastor at Calvary Baptist Church. And I'm Seth Frank, campus minister for Moorhead Christian Student Fellowship at Moorhead State University. Seth recently has been talking about building a relationship with God with some of his teams. So today we're going to talk about an important aspect of developing that relationship called quiet time. And quiet time is one of those Christian words that we use, you probably hear about. Um, so we're going we're to delve into that today. So, so Seth, what exactly is a quiet time? Well, I'm going to start out with talking about that word quiet time because I've never really liked it. Okay. Um, I've never been a fan of it. Um, because quiet, time, quiet time. We all have to be Isn't quiet. that like punishment? Like that's what my parents <laughs> did to me when I was when I was in trouble. Like you're going into quiet time. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like time out. Right. Go to quiet time out. Be quiet in your room. <laughs> and that's not really what I want um, when I'm thinking about uh, building a relationship with God. Be quiet. Go to your room, stand in a corner, and then pray. And read the um, Bible. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so I was listening to a researcher named Brene Brown recently, and she talked about this uh, white space that she puts in her calendar. Um, and the idea with white space is kind of it's a time set aside that that none of the other noise of the day gets to be gets to encroach on this time. And I thought that was a much better name for quiet time is this white space. Okay, so so what exactly is white space in a Christian context for us? I think white space is about um, reducing the noise in the rest of our lives because our lives can get loud um, and problematic and plenty of other issues start coming up with it. So when we're going through a hard time, when we have anxiety, um, just when stuff is going on and we get busy, it is easy to ha have not have a lot of space for you to take time for yourself and figure out what exactly is going on here. And it is even easier to let go of your relationship with God because, man, I'm just too busy for this. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of people I've talked to that say they want to have quiet time or, or white space, and you know, so they want to do it in the morning, but they get up late and they got to run to work and they don't have time to to read their Bible or to pray, um, and then in the evening, you know, they've fallen asleep and so they feel guilty. Um, so, so what else? What else is white space for for you? So it's a time to get away and a time to to quiet the world. Um, yeah, it, it's a time to let go of the noise that's going on in our lives. Um, but it's also a time to connect with God. Um, I want that to be a key part of white space is this is a time for me to get away from the noise of the world around me and actually connect with God in a meaningful way. And then part of it is as we connect God with God, we can figure out who we actually are. I think a big part of the Christian life is becoming who God has made us to be. Okay. And so it, as, as we grow in our relationship with God, part of that is figuring out our own stuff. Um, some of that is, man, I'm really anxious about this thing at work, or I'm really anxious about this homework that I have to do. What in me is causing that anxiety? Um, and, and letting a part of this space be figuring out yourself as well. Okay. So when, are you talking about just like reading the Bible and praying or, you know, what, what do you mean? I think... One of the big problems that I've seen uh, various churches um, do with, when it comes to this white space or this traditional quiet time is we say that um, Christians grow by doing three things. What, uh, these three things. If you do these three things, you will grow. And the three things are go to church, read your Bible, and pray. Well, so you, so you, you don't think you should things, read your Bible and pray or goal, go to church? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there is more to it than just those three things. Okay. I think... 
going to the church is key. I think um, reading your Bible, I think praying are all very important parts of being able to grow. But if we limit it to those three things, we miss out on the rest of us. Um, I, I think it's a very cookie cutter form of going about faith. And a lot of times the shape that I am doesn't fit into that cookie cutter. Okay. Um, I know plenty of people that they sit down to read the Bible and it's just full of frustration and they're not sure what to do with it. And it's confusing. And instead of being a time to connect with God, it's a time that actually brings up more anxiety in them because they know they're supposed to do this, but they don't know how. Yeah. And they they feel like a failure in it. And, you know, maybe they don't understand the passage and I should know this. And why don't I like this? And so then I feel bad because I don't like this time. And what kind of Christian am I? I don't like spending time with Jesus and just, (laughs) I've had all those feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so if our quiet time is just filled with all kinds of anxiety, then that means I'm not going to want to do that. Avoid so it like the plague and then feel guilty about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's important for me to, and I think it's important for us to teach um, having the white space in ways that we actually connect with God. And so part of it is just experimentation, seeing which ways I, I connect with God and then following through with those. Okay. So what, what kind of things have you experimented in to for quiet time. There's actually a, a great book called Sacred Pathways. Okay. Um, that I think gives a lot of different options. Um, it's not, you know, exhaustive. It's not all of the options. Sure. But it, it kind of opens up to more of what life can be. So in that, it talks about um, some people connect with God by connecting with um, the creation that God made. So taking a walk in the woods is as meaningful in connecting with who God is and understanding who Jesus is. For some people, as it might be for others, to read the Bible for chapters and chapters and chapters. Okay. Um, for some, it might be um, taking time just to contemplate big ideas. For others, it might be uh, advocating and, and figuring out ways to work for justice. God calls us to, to work in justice in the world. And so taking some quiet space, some quiet time or some white space to just really figure out what it looks like to, to seek after that justice. Um, so it's more about understanding who we are, who God has created us to be, and then letting those parts of us connect more deeply with God. Yeah. I, um, you know, I think when it, when it comes to, to me, I feel like a key part of quiet time is, is scripture, at least in my opinion, but I've had so much kind of shame and guilt and around that because growing up I'm, I'm ADD. I can't sit still. I cannot read chapter after chapter. Our church is doing the read through the Bible this year. Um, and we, so we're on like the Bible app and it's like, you got to read six chapters a day and to get through the whole Bible. And I am struggling so bad. I have, I have missed like half the chart. Um, I've just finally given up kind of, and I'm just reading the new Testament portions (laughs) because I just can't. And for me, what, the thing that started working for me was I would, I would have a place in the Bible where I'm, I'm normally reading and I would just read until I didn't understand something or something confused me. And then I would kind of read that passage a few more times, that little part, and then just kind of file that in my brain and just process that throughout the day. And I might listen to music. I might, like you said, go outside, go for a walk and just ponder what, what was God doing in this story? What was he doing with these characters? What should I learn from this? What am I missing? How do I... What do I not know about God and who he is that would help me understand this that doesn't fit into my picture of God, the box I've built for who God is? And I always discover some amazing things, and that always comes back and usually kind of breaks my heart open and helps me rediscover 
my heavenly father in, a, in this powerful way because I, I broke out of this paradigm that I was creating of who God is and, and what he can do and what he can't do and what he will do. And, um, and so that, and I, I kind of felt guilty about that. And I went to Catalyst Conference recently and uh, Andy Stanley said, I can't read tons of Bible at, at a time. Usually I just read a few verses and meditate on that. And I was like, oh, I'm good to go, man. <laughs> like Andy Stanley <laughs> said, it's okay. So, um, so that's cool. But what, what about you personally, Seth? What, what things have you done that you find really help you connect with God? Um, uh, you brought up music and that's one of the things I didn't mention. Um, I, am, I don't connect with music hardly at all. So music is not part of what I do, but I think it is a good option for others. Yeah, I love listening um, to worship As long music. as it's not music that you're just like, um, it's not entertainment. It's about, you know, connecting with God. And so if it's music that helps us communicate with, and it, with God, it is, absolutely. It doesn't good. have to be like K-Love christian music either. Um, right. I've, I've connected to God by listening to Adele, um, <laughs> just all uh, kinds of I, other I stuff. I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, just when she's talking about love and relationships, and I think about, you know, my relationship with God sometimes, and there's, there's all see, kinds Mumford of and Sons, Mumford and Sons I can see, but Adele? Oh, man, a bunch of goats <laughs> chewing on banjos, Mumford and Sons. Um, no, yeah. Yeah, just because it's labeled Christian music doesn't mean that's the only music that you can connect to God through. And sometimes there are songs out there that are much, much deeper um, than what we might label uh, Christian. But beyond that, uh, for me, the things that help me connect are really studying big ideas. Um, that's part of what helps me connect with God is thinking deeply through th through things. Um coming up with new big ideas, playing around with ideas. Um, that is just something that has always been part of who I am. And so I love doing that kind of thing. And here recently, um, a big thing for me has just been allowing creativity to be a part of it. For so long, I have I looked at myself as incapable of being creative because at some point in school, when I went to art class, I could not do the sort of things that uh, the really talented kids could do. Yeah. And once I saw that I wasn't any good at it, then man, I don't want to put any more effort into it. But um, now that I've kind of come back and, and seen who God has created us to be, I think part of it is we all have the capacity for creativity. Yeah. And so allowing ourselves to connect with God, with that creative nature, I think has been uh, an important part for me. And then also going out and being a part of nature and, and just having good times of prayer. Um, those are some of the things that I do during my um, white space um, that really help me figure out who I am and also who God is. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so I, I, when I have quiet time and I'm, I'm pretty regular now, you know, I, I'm not going to say I do it every single day. I, I wish I did, but you know, I hit probably five, six days out of the week, you know? Um, so that's interesting because there's seven days of the week, man. I know I'm such a bad person, but you know, I gotta be honest. I don't always, I don't always get my quiet time in. There's, there's weeks where I miss one, you know, I might go a couple weeks and hit every day, but you know, there's, there's times I, I don't. And, and I feel guilty about that when I do, but there have been other times in my life where, you know, I went for long periods of time and maybe I do a one quiet time a week or, or whatever. So how, and, and I'd always feel guilty about that. And I always have the intentionality. I want to do it. And, um, how, how do you get into the habit of doing this regularly? Because when I do it, it's so amazing. But then if I get out of the habit, then there's like this disconnect and what, what have you found that kind of works to help 
get people started on a habit to where they can have it regular. Because I think consistency is important. Yeah, I, I agree. I think consistency is important. Um, another important part of that is letting go of the guilt and letting go of the shame that comes along with it. Yeah. Because um, I, I think it's less guilt and more, I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible Christian because I'm not doing it enough. Right. And then you um, certainly don't want to go read the Bible or talk to God. <laughs> yeah. And so we come into this white space, this quiet time with um, all this guilt and anxiety and shame. Um, and who wants to go to any place that that has that kind of stuff? And so I think part of it is forgiving ourselves for for what has already happened. Um, hey, I, I screwed up. I didn't do it, the thing I want to do this week. God has forgiven me. I can forgive me and I can move forward. Um, and then another part of it for me is we will do things where we think there is actual value in them. Um, you could sum up pretty much all of my life by that <laughs> that one statement. I do the things that I think there's value in. I avoid the things I don't think there's value in. And so allowing it to create value in your life is a key part. Um, starting out in a space that says, uh, I want to build a relationship with God. This is the way I do it. Um, and then beyond that, it is just being intentional. Uh, beyond what we do during it and how we do it, um, I think the key aspect of white space of quiet time is simply to say this is on my calendar it doesn't move um there is all kinds of noise that can come into my life i have this deadline to at work um i have the the practice i've got to get to or i gotta get my kids to there is this project that's due um, for for school whatever um, there's always going to be deadlines and it's taking the intentional time and saying no this 15 this 30 minutes this hour however long you want to start out with this is important and I cannot be who I really am if I don't have this time. I'm not letting other things encroach on it. So scheduling a time, put it in your calendar, don't let it move and being intentional um, is start there. Yeah. You miss, you only do it five days a week. Don't do it five days a week. Right. Um, if you do it, you know, three times. Awesome. Start there. Um, don't beat yourself up because of what you could do. Don't beat yourself up about being perfect. Um, simply start. It, the same thing works with how we build friendships. We don't build friendships with other people in our lives by spending all of our time with the person all at once and, and meeting with them every single day. We meet a couple times a week and then it grows. Yeah. And we meet a few more times a week and then it becomes something that I want to do and not something I have to do. Right. Um, John L., who's one of our, our our leaders on our team, she's our children's director, she, um, she talks about, I, I don't know where she read it, but a concept of having a special chair, having a special space, having a, a, you know, coffee set up, the Bible set out, the music ready to go, whatever you need in your, in your quiet time or your white space, having it prepared and ready to go the night before and kind of geared up, pr- making that preparation for the next day. And, and I think that's so great for me. Um, I'm a, I'm a nerd and the technology thing. I love having you version on my, my phone, the, the Bible app. And I like, picking a reading plan because then I always know where to go to read. I don't have to find a place to read. It's always, this is what you're supposed to read today. So I could just go to that and read it. And um, Charles Duhigg wrote the book, uh, The Power of Habit, and a phenomenal book. You should read it if you haven't read it before. I think you read it, Seth. Um, But he talks about keystone habits and how there are certain habits we can do in our life that will trigger lots of other habits. And I think quiet time can either be a keystone habit if it's not, then find another keystone habit. If you drink coffee in the morning in the same spot and you read the newspaper, well, 
cancel the newspaper and put your put your Bible there or put a devotional book or or whatever, you know. Pick tie that time with God into a habit that you always do. For me, that means reading my Bible on my phone before I get out of bed. Usually I'm gonna flip through Facebook in bed anyways, and so I'm gonna grab my phone first thing in the morning, my smartphone. I'm going to flip through something, either Twitter or Medium. I'm gonna read an article or two, or I'm gonna look at Facebook and see stupid stuff that happened um, while I was sleeping. Instead of doing that, I just read the Bible first. And then if I have time after that, then I go to social media. But I get my I get my 5, 10, 15, whatever time I spend in the scripture first before I get out of bed. Because yeah. it's like if my feet hit the floor and I start my day before I, I always intend to come back to it. And I'll spend, it doesn't, you know, I don't count the time I spend for scripture prep as as quiet time necessarily. Um, I feel like that's, that's separate, that's study. But, you know, I, I rarely ever come back to it. So I just do it before I get out of bed. That, that kind of yeah, works for me. I think me. Um, starting in the morning is uh, good for some people. For me, I am typically at my worst in the morning. That's because um, you're not I, a Christian. <laughs> yeah. <thank you. laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm not at my best at the morning and I'm groggy and I don't think it's clear. And, I, and so typically for me, I do it about mid-afternoon. Um, what about the first fruits on. of your day, Seth? The first <laughs> fruits. I, I give the best fruits of my day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and it, part of it is shaping the environment, letting the environment be something that is conducive to what you're doing. And all of this is about it. None of this is about becoming expert quiet time people or expert white space people. This isn't about becoming expert readers of the Bible or expert prayers or expert whatever. This is about building a relationship with a God who loves us. Yeah. And, if that isn't the key part, or if that isn't the focal focus of what we're doing, um, then we're missing the point. And so whatever we need to do, if it's uh, having a cup of coffee, coffee ready for you, if it is, you know, more properly drinking tea, if <laughs> it is um, being in a place that is beautiful, um, notice the things that are, that help you easily be joyful with God. Yeah. And then let those increase in that space, of, in that quiet space, in that quiet time or that white space. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm confusing my words. I'm saying them so much. <laughs> find out what what is the most fun and and life giving way for you to do quiet time, and and give yourself permission to do that more often. And you know, I was being facetious about the uh, about you know the first fruits of your day, but a lot of people say that oh, the morning time is your most best time, and you know, there's all kind of studies that say you're most productive in the morning. But you know, finding that time when you will. Um, do, do quiet time when you will do it consistently, but be honest about when you'll do it consistently. You know, there's people that I talk to who say, well, I'm a night, night owl, you know, and I'll do it. But then you ask them, did you do it? And no, I just kind of laid in bed. Um, so be honest about when you'll actually do it and yeah. kind of lean into that. So, so Seth, is there anything else um, before we wrap up about white space I or quiet time you want to talk about? The last part of it is simply... Um, it is the small parts, it is the small changes that we do that actually impact us on a large scale. Um, so when we first start doing quiet time or white space, it doesn't feel like it's that productive. It doesn't feel like it's that big of a thing. Um, but if we can keep with it, if you can do it on a near daily basis, if you can stay consistent with it, um, then it has the possibility to change your life much more deeply than almost anything else you do. 
sometimes I think we expect that we come to an event and boom, we are changed and we are changed forever because of that one thing that happened this one time. When in reality, for most of us, it is the daily practices that change us. Yeah. And so if we can take this time and build a relationship, then spending an hour a day um, connecting with God or half an hour a day connecting with God, if we do that for a year, then we've spent somewhere in the neighborhood of 170 hours intentionally connecting with God if we do it for 30 minutes a day. And that will change us deeply. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's that's what we have for this week. We encourage you guys to, to start having a quiet time or creating white space in your life. Uh, to work on yourself and work on your relationship with God. You can connect with me at pastorhudson.com. Our church website is yourcbcfamily.org. And what about you, Seth? Where can they find what's going on? You can connect with me at our website, www.mcsf.is. MCSF is. All right. We love you guys. Thank you so much for serving.